0: Well, praise God, we're changing the subject today and we're going to be talking about faith. What do you see in the realm of faith? Have you ever thought about that? There's things in the realm of faith that belong to you. And it's up to you to see them, to know that they're there, and go get them. Amen. So let's start in Psalms 89. I want everything that Jesus paid for. Amen. And we just get so complacent sometimes that we don't go get what Jesus has paid for. He's paid a mighty price. You know, that was not an easy trip to the cross. And if you'll go back and, and look at that and what he suffered and what he carried to the cross just for you, my, my, my. He paid a big price. So let's go to Psalms 89 <coughs> and let's look at verse 34 because we're going to talk about faith. We're talk, going to talk about fear a little bit. But, but if that's where our victory is, then we need to stir it up. You know, I have to stir my faith up every week. And the way I stir it up is by reading this word of God or listening to somebody teach me or going over my notes. <clears throat> okay, let's start with verse 34. My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. His seed shall endure forever, and his throne as the son before me. He's saying that there's no need for a second oath. The one already made is of endless obligation. He swore. And he said, the thing that goes out of my mouth, I'm not going to change it. God's not going to change what he has said. Even if you're sick, he's not going to say you're sick. Even if you're weak, he's not going to say you're weak. He says, let the weak say, I am strong. And let the sick say, and the broke, you know, He's not going to alter anything that he has said in this word. That is powerful. He's not going to change it. Now, your lifestyle or your life may not be showing all of this yet, but if you go after it, you'll get it, and your life will be exactly what he has he said out of his lips. You will be healed. You'll walk in health. You will have prosperity. And he takes delight in your prosperity. But you will have everything that he has said. It's available. But where is it? (coughs) In the realm of faith. It's in the realm of faith. The message Bible says about this scripture. Did I finish reading that? No, I didn't read verse 37, did I? It shall be established forever forever. As the moon and as a faithful witness in heaven. And then he says, Selah. Pause and think about that. What he has said with his lips and out of his mouth is established forever just like the moon is. There's no changing. And, you know, this. what he's saying to David here in the Psalms, one of the commentaries that I was reading made the comment that this is not just said to David himself, but it's said to us also. He's talking to me. Praise God. And it is established. Everything. God's not going to change what He has said. Now, the message Bible says this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you think I would withdraw my holy promise? No. Or take back words I have already spoken? To me, what He says to me, this scripture says, one of the songs we just sang, Trust me. That scripture saying, trust me, I'm not going to change. You can't, and he's, he's saying to me, you can count on me if you'll just trust me. Because I'm not a man that I should lie. He's not going to lie about those things. So this word has within it the power to give you an image. And when we were singing that about your soul, I hope that painted an image of your all the troubles that was up here just disappearing. They should have painted an image when we were singing that, about it as well with my soul. So this word has within it the power to give you an image that what you have need of does exist. Now think on that. Renew your mind to that. What you have need of does exist. Well, where is it? It's right here. It's right here. It's in this word, and it's in the realm of the unseen. You have to look for it sometimes. You have to go get it. So, this, what you have need of is to believe and to trust what God's word says. Faith is believing. Amen? It's a process of believing. So, faith is your evidence. <clears throat> we know the word says that. That sometimes, that something does exist. Do you believe that? It does. What is it you're believing for today? It does exist. It's out there. Go get it. But you're going to have to put forth some effort. You're going to have to go to this word so that faith will come to believe and to receive what's out there for you. And, you know, we become too complacent sometimes. But listen, we need to study this word of God. We cannot let it lay in your car or on a shelf till next Sunday or next Tuesday. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And your faith comes. It will come. See, trust him. If I pick this word up to study it today, faith is going to come. And so I thank him. Father, I thank you that today faith is coming to me. My faith is increasing today. And your faith is increasing today. You need to see these things and say these things, okay? So um, <clears throat> so some, um, faith is your evidence that something exists. And when you have evidence of something, you don't need to see and you don't need to feel. Because faith's your evidence. It's not how you feel. It's not what you see faith takes its place I don't have to see it to know that I'm healed I don't have to see it to know that I have money in the bank I don't have to see that that's not my evidence that evidence is what the word of God says that I'm blessed going in I'm blessed going out that he will bless everything I set my hands to do that I've been healed by the stripes of Jesus that is my evidence and that is your evidence, what the Word of God says. So what do we do? We accept it. And tell him, I accept that. I heard a minister say the other day, and I don't even remember who it was. Um, he said, uh, you need to get in agreement with God. And you know, that just struck a different note in my mind. We say get, I always say, get in agreement with the Word, what the Word says. But to me, that was stronger when he said, you need to get in agreement with God. And I started saying that, Father, I agree with you on this or on that, you know. And I don't know, that may not hit you like it did me, but it just was a stronger, stronger thing than just saying, get in agreement with the word. It's easy to say, but God, I'm in agreement with you for these ladies in here today. Praise God that their soul has been set free because your word says that. Amen? So let me give you, well, you know, I was thinking also that about evidence. Did you know that's what lawyers do? They gather evidence and they present it to the jurors and then they want that evidence to be so strong that they they. They will accept it or reject it. But evidence is important. And so faith is important because that is your evidence. And so you're gonna have to continue to say what what your evidence would say. What does faith say? Because faith has a voice. It has a voice, it speaks. Amen. So let me give you a few examples. That I thought of this morning. Do you have a heart? Do you have a brain? You can't see it. It's just that simple. You can't see it, but you accept it. Don't you? It's so easy. That's how easy it should be for us to accept God's word and what he has said. Amen. So... Faith deals with what God has already spoken. Your healing, your health does exist. Did you hear me? Yes. Your healing and your health does exist. Your prosperity already exists. It's what you were saying, Brenda. Your prosperity does already exist. Your peace already exists. It's It's here, it's there, and we've got to really get a hold of that. It does exist. Maybe that's what we should have titled this lesson today. What you have need of already exists. Praise God for that. God is so good that he's already given us everything we would ever, ever have need of. So, where is it? Where is it what you have need of? It's in his promises, it's real it's in his promises what you have need of exists and it's in his promises and it is real you just can't see it yet you can't feel it yet you can't touch it yet but hang in there with your confessions of the word of God because it exists and do not alter the things that the word of God says Do not alter what he has said, but agree with God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This this lesson today, it just did me good. I just got so excited all over again about the power that's in faith. Now we're going to read um, chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are seen. Let me back up there. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. It's saying it will not stay the way it is right now. If it's temporal, it's going to be changed. So, it will not stay in its present state of being. Amen. So, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, for the things which are not seen are eternal. They're in the spirit realm. Amen. Amen. So, change is coming. Amen? Change is coming. Now, that was 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Okay. So, it does not say, look at verse 18. It does not say you don't have something going on in you or in your life. It doesn't say there's not something going on. But it says don't focus on that. Don't put your focus and your attention on what's going on in your life. Well, what are you going to do with your focus? What are you going to do with your attention? But you're going to put it on the Word of God because that's what's going to bring change. If they're temporal, they will change. They're subject to change, as we've always said it. So what's going to change it? This. This right here. If you don't know it, you can't change it. If you don't know it, you won't speak it. So the, the, know, the knowledge, the word of God says, in Hosea, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so we've got to get the knowledge and we've got to speak it and not alter it as it goes out of our mouth. Amen. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 and 9 real quick. It's in the same chapter. But we have this treasure. What treasure? The light of the gospel. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure in human vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. He said, trust me. Trust me. Believe me. Say what I say. Man, that changes things. We are troubled. Listen to this. We are troubled on every side. I think that's what this is what the Holy Spirit was dealing with when we were talking about the soul, singing about the soul. We are troubled on every side, yet we're not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Why is that? Why is that? Because of what we know. Because we have accepted it is well with my soul. Now look at verse 13. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. And you know, that's, that word written just stands out to me. I write everything down. I have books and books and books like this. Just stacks and stacks of them where I just write stuff down. And it's so good to go back and remember some of those things. And, and you can do that if you have a problem studying. Get those notebooks out and go back and reread your notes. It's amazing that the power is still there. The revelation is still there. So he said, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I'm telling you, when it's written, it's there. That means it's the truth. I believed, and therefore have I spoken. And so his instructions to you, his instructions to me is, we also believe, and therefore we speak. You know, you believe, you speak what you believe. And so that's why it's so important that we get this knowledge of God so that that's what we're speaking instead of what we feel, instead of the perplexity, and instead of the stress We speak what we believe. So let's make sure that our soul is renewed to what God is speaking and what God has spoken, amen? Um, So since we have that same spirit, he enables us to trust. And because we trust, we speak. Praise God. So let's look at some examples of how Jesus... Look beyond the problem and prove that anything we can see with these physical eyes is subject to change. Now, let these examples paint an image on you when we read these on the inside of you. Let it paint an image of you seeing situations and circumstances changing. So I've asked Tanya to come. Let's look at Matthew 14. And let me see, verse 15. Because I have asked her, I tell you, our Wednesday night services are, they're out of this world. I mean, they're heavenly. But uh, Larry Millwood and Tanya brought up something last Wednesday night, and I asked her to come and bring some light on that. But I'm going to read this. And you can come up here if you want to, or do you need to stay back there? Okay. They, they need to see you. So I'm going to read Matthew 14, verses 15 through 21. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But I said, but Jesus said unto them, they don't need to depart. you got to be kidding me. They're hungry. Give ye them, give ye, ye give them to eat. Don't send them away to go get food. You give them food. Well, that's another lesson within itself, isn't it? And they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. They didn't see what he saw. He said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. I want to see how far I want to go with this. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up. Are you getting a picture of this? A multitude. And they took up the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. This was a mu- five loaves and two fishes. To me, that's so outstanding. So Tanya... I want you to share an up-to-date, see, sometimes we look at these examples that were real, that really did happen, and we think, well, that was then, well, what about today? And this just blessed me when y'all brought this up the other night.
1: Well, we used to feed the college kids here on Thursdays, and we did that from 12 o'clock to 1.30, an hour and a half. And we had been doing it long enough that word had spread because we we made good food. And word had spread. And so we would have over 200 college kids. And we would feed them in an hour and a half. They came from other churches. And Yes. And we were having tacos one day. And we went to get the cheese dip to go, you know, nonchos go with the tacos. And we had one can of the nacho cheese sauce for 200 people. <laughs> I, I think if I remember right, and I don't think this got brought out the other night, but I want to say we had a partial can too, but still that, you know, those feed at the very most 50 people. Mm-hmm. That's the very most. And we served all of those people And never ran out of cheese dip. And and one thing that that the girls that know in the kitchen, we never say we're not going to have enough. I mean, you just can't say that because you're going to have
0: enough. Well, didn't y'all pray or Larry? What have y'all said something about there'd be enough or?
1: Well, we've just always done that. Yeah, we've just always said, Mm -hmm. and that came from Sheila. Sheila, you know, Sheila always said. Well, we will have enough, and it's just trickled down, so I always say that, too, yeah. that I don't ever talk about lack in the kitchen. We're always going to have enough food mm-hmm. for whatever crowd we're feeding or whatever we're doing, but that that cheese dip never ran out. We even had some in the bottom whenever it was over, and every person, every had all it? 200 of them ate, and actually... Actually, we were feeding over 200, but all of them ate and all of them got what they wanted. Cheese dip wise, and we just kept kept dipping and kept dipping and kept <laughs> dipping and kept dipping. And kept dipping. <laughs> is yeah. that not awesome? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So. And an up-to-date right example well, now. Well, it's been a few years back. Well, it yes. was, but yeah, but it's but, current. Yeah. Yeah, it it it's current. current. It right. does happen. Not in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah
0: not yeah. in the Bible it, it was real it was real and have you had that i'm sure you've had that happen oh, on, i'm
1: sure we i'm sure on we our, have our picnic Sundays, we, <laughs> we don't ever we don't ever run out yeah and and you know you know all of us in the kitchen that day learned and it ministered to us because even when you say it when you see it i mean obviously that makes a bigger impact and you know you can say that over everything you have exactly because yes. I, you know, I told Susan the other day, um, I didn't say that about my gas in my car. I do. It'll go further.
0: Yes. Yes. It'll go
1: further. Yes. That's our covenant. Mm-hmm. And same thing with our clothes. And mm-hmm. Susan looked at me and she said, well, you need to say that over your shoes. Cause I went through a spark where my shoes fell apart when I put them on y'all. Like three <laughs> pair, just one right after the other. And so I said, yeah, I do. But. Everything that we own should go further.
0: Yes, because I mean, it's blessed. It is. I Thank love that. Thank you friend. for sharing that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you probably have some examples too. But I'm telling you, the word this is for today is for where you live right now. And we need to share with those people that may not have enough, you know, but the, but they are concerned because if they look – In their kitchen or refrigerator or something they don't have but what they do have can be multiplied and we need to you know we need to get outside the box where people live and let's share this word this truth do you know they would get so excited if they didn't have have anything to 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 feed and the people out there's people out there like that but we've got to get out there where they are and let's give them some up-to-date things other than just what is in the Bible. Now, these inspire us, but they they encourage us t- to do it. It's possible. All things are possible to him that believeth and speaketh. I always like to add that believeth and speaketh. Thank you, Tanya, for sharing that. That just blessed me all over again when I thought about that, what I witnessed that was, that that just... It just kept coming. Okay, let's look at Mark chapter 7. And this is another one. Verse 31. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came under the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they... And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. Now notice that. They were beseeching him. They were trying to get Jesus. They were telling Jesus how to do it. They were beseeching him to put his hand upon him. But you know what? Jesus had another idea. He had another way of doing it. And he took him aside, took this this uh, deaf person aside, from the multitude, and he put his fingers into his ears. Now, he couldn't hear, but look at what he did. And he put his fingers into his ears. This next sentence is so important, and it just absolutely jumped out at me. And I would be curious to see if the Holy Spirit's saying the same thing to y'all and he spit and touched his tongue i said god why did you touch his tongue are you getting it are you getting it praise god and looking up to heaven he sighed and said unto him ephah i have to look at that ephatha this is, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened and the string of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plain. You know, people that have hearing disabilities, their speech, if they can't hear, if they're deaf, their speech is hindered also. But look what, I mean, two things he did here. So where was jesus' attention? Where was his focus it was on the, it was on the realm of the unseen amen so he expected his words Jesus did to produce what was not evident in the natural realm now then in in that verse it says in um It says that he first took his eyes off of the circumstances. He took his eyes off of what stood before him. And he placed them on what he saw. And he saw this man hearing. But why do you think he did the touch the tongue? Because the guy needed to speak. He needed to say. I've been healed, or that I am healed. Praise God. That's such a good, good example, isn't it? And, in the, and then in that other example that we read a while ago, what was so neat to me when Jesus multiplied that bread and the food, the disciples got to pass it out. They got to pass out what they originally could not see. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. And we have the blessing of laying hands on people that are sick, on the deaf ears, on the tongue that cannot speak. We have that as a blessing and a gift from God and as an anointing. And when we have people come before us and want us to pray for them, and talking about praying, let me cover this. When someone on facebook says pray for my family pray for this pray for that you get involved in that there is no distance in prayer you got to speak god's words over that situation and if it has a picture i lay hands on the picture of that person That's very important to me to lay hands on those people that if they have their picture pray for so-and-so and it has their picture And you speak that word of God, praise God. So what a blessing it is for God to trust us. He trusts us to do that. That when somebody stands before you that has an issue, then you've got to see past that what's standing before you. Because he didn't see what was standing before him. He saw what his word had already spoken. He was not going to alter what he has already said to what he was seeing. Now, that's very important. You don't alter what God's word has said to what you're seeing or what you're feeling. You continue with what God has said. Amen. So I I thank God for the blessing of laying on of hands and for praying for the sick. And we've got to have a holy boldness to do that. And if we just ever get it in our mind We're not the healer. He uses our hands. He is the healer. It's up to him. They'll take a lot of pressure off of you. But everything that those people that stand before you that they need is in the realm of faith. And they're depending on your faith. They're depending on my faith. And I've got to keep my faith activated, I've got to keep it high. You know, to where when I stand before those people to pray for them or on Facebook, that my faith is there. It's ready. Ready faith. <laughs> let's have ready faith. Amen. And the knowledge is what's going to make us bold enough to do that. Okay. So let's look at Luke chapter 13. We're going to uh, read verses 11 through 13. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. She couldn't straighten up. Now, remember, these things are supposed to paint an image to you. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman. Thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I love verse 12 because, once again, he replaced the image of what was standing in front of him. He was, I mean, she was bent over. He did see that. But then he changed his focus and he spoke what he what he saw in the spirit realm. He spoke what was in the realm of faith. He said, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And you know, there are such things as a, a spirit of infirmity. And that's what he was indicating here, that there was a spirit of infirmity. And sometimes with sicknesses, It can be a spirit of infirmity. And we need to recognize that and speak to that spirit of infirmity. And a lot of times those things follow families, a spirit of infirmity. Well, you know, when your insurance companies think because your mom or your dad had heart issues and all that, that that's going to follow you. Well, that's not going to follow me. It's not going to follow me. Jesus took all of that to the cross for me, and he left it there. And I'm not going to pick it up because the insurance company says, Well, you know, you, your generation or what you inherited from your mom or your dad or whatever. And I was talking with my sister, Connie, who, which was her birthday yesterday. She turned 80. Welcome to the 80s, Connie. <laughs> but she said, You know, Bonnie, She said, I've never had a heart issue in my life. And I said, you're exactly right. And we got to talking about that thing because my mother, my daddy, my brother, my sister, and I had some issues with heart. And I said, you're exactly right, but you know what? Our brother George didn't, our brother Floyd didn't, and and Mike doesn't have a heart issue, you know? And they'll try to tell you that that they will have, that they will have a heart issue because of the other relatives having it. Well, let me tell you, I've been regenerated. And so have you. And whatever mom and dad had, it's not coming on me unless it's something good. Amen? So. Don't accept what these insurance companies and these doctors. I mean, that's one of the first things. Well, did your mama have this or did your daddy have this? And, you know, you you have to tell them. So, but no, up here, not me. Not me. Amen. And if you do have issues, you're redeemed from it. You're redeemed from it. He sent his word and healed us. Amen. And I always like to image Christ Jesus going to the cross if there's an issue in my body I take my imagination and I see that on him and I see him going to the cross and I see him being there on the cross and I see him taking it leaving it and walking away your imagination is awesome Because it will put you over into a different, it'll put you into a heavenly realm. You know, God's word says, let it be, you let it be on earth as it is in heaven. So we have to let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Well, then we're going in a different direction there, aren't we? Okay, so God's word translation on that Luke chapter 13. Jesus was teaching in a synagogue on the day of worship. I thought that was interesting. And that on a day of worship, when he saw this woman, what's there during worship? God's presence. A woman who was possessed by a spirit or an infirmity was there. The spirit had disabled her for 18 years. She was hunched over and could not stand up straight. When, she saw, when he saw her, he called her to him and said, Woman, you are free from your disability. We need to tell people that. But we also have to explain why we say that. I say that because the word says that. He says, Woman, you're free from your disability. He placed his hands on her. And she immediately stood up straight, and she praised God. Well, Jesus' words painted an image on the inside of her when he spoke them. And when we pray for people, we should pray in such a way that it paints an image on the inside of them, that they can see that. And that's what happened to her. She grabbed hold of his words, and she saw into the realm of the unseen that She could be straight, that she was straight. So what did she do? She just straightened up. She just straightened up. So we need to train ourselves to see what this word sees. We need to train ourselves to having what God's word says that we have. And the way we do that is by saying it, what do I have? What do I have that the realm of the unseen has for me? What's out there? Anything you have need of? What's out there that's waiting for me? Praise God. So faith says right the opposite of circumstances. Pause and think on that. Faith doesn't say the circumstances, but it says right the opposite of the circumstance. If you're believing for your health, Another thing you need to keep fear out, and I I said we might touch on fear just a little bit, and I think we have time just for a few minutes of that. You've got to keep fear out if you are believing for your health and stay in the realm of the unseen, where there is health, where there is freedom from pain. Praise God. Well, fear is a spiritual force, just as faith is, and we all know that. But they come from different sources, Faith and fear have different sources, but they're both very real. Okay, so Second Timothy, we know what that says. It's in Chapter 1, verse 7 says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. See, fear is a spirit that comes from Satan. But he did give you something. Jesus gave you something. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but he gave you love power and a sound mind i think it was karen and i one ta- one time up in children's church we were talking about dementia and was that you and me <clears throat> and we proclaimed right there right then that we were not having that because jesus gave us a sound mind amen. Amen. amen and start saying that now young people he gave you a sound mind hallelujah and i'm thankful for it praise god because according to the world, at my age, you lose your mind, so to speak. <laughs> you know, the things start deteriorating. Praise God. And, you know, if I have trouble, uh, and this is not dementia, but uh, if I have trouble recalling a name or something, I sat there. I did that this morning. Uh, I had I was having trouble recalling Larry Millwood's name. And I just sat there with my arms folded. All right. I see your face. Now, my name, you come back to me in the name of Jesus. I know what your name is. Do you see what I'm saying? We've got to use the knowledge that we have. Don't just let things happen to you. And then I went on. Y'all, this is so funny. I mean, you know. I just love this word. But I I couldn't think, you know, think of that name. It just wouldn't, I thought, I could see him sitting right over here when he said that. Wednesday night. And his name just left. And I just sat there for a while and I said, you, name, you're coming back right up here. And I went on to the next scripture and the next thing I knew it I was saying his name. You know, you got to work this word. I don't know why I said all of that, but just maybe to encourage you. But just don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. Amen. Write that one down. That's good, as Creflo would say. Write that down. Amen. Don't let it happen. You know, I thought, well, I need to be studying something else. And here I am sitting with my arms crossed waiting, saying, speaking. Lord, thank you, his name comes to my lips. Well, that sure was for somebody, I don't know who, but maybe just me. Okay, let's go to Isaiah 41 real quick, and I'm going to try to shut this down. (laughs) We've just got to be doers of the word. Isaiah 41 and 10. This has been an important scripture to me back years and years ago. Years ago. Fear thou not. Don't fear. Don't get into fear. He says, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Don't get into fear regardless of any situation or circumstance that you might be facing in your life. For he is with me. And he says, don't get dismayed. Trust him, ladies. Trust his word. The message Bible said, don't panic when things start going wrong. Don't panic and then there was another statement that was made that fear will nullify your faith it will nullify your faith it's just like it wipes it out now here's a quote from brother hagen that i absolutely loved back years and years ago it was the elderly brother hagen when we were going to all of those uh, camp meetings He says, It's possible to tell if a person is believing right but what he is saying. If his confession is wrong, then his believing is wrong. If his confession is wrong, then his believing is wrong. If his believing is wrong, then his thinking is wrong. If his thinking is wrong... Then his mind is not renewed to the word in that particular area. That was good, good stuff. I've I've read that. I started to put that on point to ponder today, but I put something else, and I may put that on for this next week. So he gave us this word to get our thinking straightened out. Amen. If you know what God's word says about your situation, and you still don't have your thoughts in line with it. Don't give birth to those thoughts. Don't give birth to those negative thoughts. And the way we give birth to those negative thoughts is by speaking those words. What we need to do is go immediately to the Word of God and start saying what the Word of God says. So, make make you a confession list. This is what I had done. Make you a confession list and have it ready. So that when those thoughts come that are negative, you'll start saying the right thing. That's very important. Make you a confession list for wrong thoughts. Pick that confession list up if you, you know, if you are saying the wrong thing and see and change it. And you know, Proverbs six chapter three says, You're snared by what? By the words of your mouth. And you're taken, he says, and you are taken. By the words of your mouth. Now I know that particular scripture there. Is referring to. Uh, you uh, maybe signing a note. For somebody or something like that. As you go back and reread it. But at the same time it can be applied. To this. That you're snared by the words of your mouth. And you're also set free by the words of your mouth. Those words are powerful. Okay. So we've got to put God's words. In our mouth. And be like God. And not alter his words coming out of our mouth. Don't change them because of what you see. Don't change them because of what you feel. Don't alter his words coming out of your mouth. Amen.